some silence on this for the recording. Sure. My guest today on this episode of the China Arts Podcast is Ming Dynasty literature expert and doctoral candidate Ewan McDonald. We met up at the end of the first warm day of spring in Ditan Park. If you listen closely, you can hear the sound of birds and people walking by. And if you're wondering what the heck that other instrument is playing with him, that's me on viola. Well, sort of anyway. Ewan and I met through the auspices of the Beijing Pickers website. And I suggest that you do the same. So check out BeijingPickers.com in case you're passing through Beijing, looking for somebody to jam with, or even if you already live here. Plus, we're adding right now a new section called Beijing Barn Dance. For fans of square dance and barn dance and contra dance, we're hoping to bring that to Beijing on a regular basis. So contact us if you're interested in calling or playing for those dances. You can find news about those dance events at beijingpickers.com slash beijing dash barn dash dance. Now let's hear from Ewan. temperature so um i'm glad i was able to catch you before you leave us yes well, but uh heading off oops 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 um but yeah uh i'm super glad we were able to play a lot yeah while me you too. Were here. Been, <laughs> i really didn't expect to find such a such a great sort of music scene here in, in beijing yeah it's like, kind of well, how long have you been here so far? Um, about six months or so. Um, I came at the start of September last year. So. Oh, right, right, right. Mm. I did, that, you basically, if I recall, you found the Pickers site? Yes, I and did. And then I messaged did. that? Is that... What happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. So before I went out, I, uh, well, I could still use Google easily. I searched, <laughs> uh, I searched uh, Beijing, Beijing old-time music. And yeah, searched yeah. for, like, what sort of happenings in Beijing, like sessions and stuff. And yeah, um, yeah. Uh, obviously the Beijing Pickers website came up. Awesome, mm. awesome. Did you end up actually getting to any sessions? Session sessions? Um, no, actually. Huh. I don't think so. Um, Until I think tonight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm actually not entirely clear what it is going to be. Yeah. Like, I, I mm. forget the name of this Irish band, but it's a, a kick-ass five-piece Irish band that they flew over from mm. Ireland oh, wow. to play for the Irish Ball and like the Embassy St. Paddy's mm. Day thing. And oh, amazing! So they're, they're they played the Bookworm last year, so they're playing there again. Nice. 
Yeah, I found uh, I found some details of the sessions on the on the internet, but um, I think some of them the, the when I got here, I phoned around, but I think the the, the venues had closed down. Or, yeah, there or used to be um, there used to be a session at James Joyce, mm. which is a great bar that had Guinness on tap. <laughs> this is awesome, um, but it's, now it's gone, and that kind of sucks. But they had a they had a session on like Mondays, I think, mm. um, which, as far as I know, was like really quite hopping for mm. a while. So you're in China doing music, but not really. <laughs> not really, no, no, no. I mean, I'm mainly here to um, I'm here to do work on my PhD, which yes, I got a grant from Confucius Institute to come over and. Uh, oh, you got a grant? Yeah. For the uh, from awesome, thank you, uh, Confucius Institute. Yes, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got a grant to come over and do some do some useful research on my PhD. So that's what I've been mainly mainly spending my days doing. Okay. Hold up in my room. <laughs> Where, which which university is that? In, um, one of the well, West. In London, I'm studying at SOAS, or the oh, School okay. for Oriental and African Studies, and in Beijing, I was at Beida for, uh, as a sort of well attached to Beida in some kind of capacity. Okay. Okay. So you were you were were you staying like in their campus over by the lake? Or like, were you... Um, yeah, I was staying just opposite. Um, they have um, student accommodation just opposite. Oh, in that, oh, was it the Fang, Fang Zheng, Fang Dong? Yeah, 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 it's building? kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just near there. Cool. It was pretty uh, soulless, but it did the job. It was cheap.
children and the birds. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing. That guy yelling. <laughs> so, uh, what are you studying? You're studying Ming Dynasty something. Yeah, that's Forgive right. Me for, um, me. I'm doing a, um, I'm working on a, an author from the Ming Dynasty um, who wrote a, two collections of stories called Slapping the Table in Amazement. What? Um, really? Yeah. Slapping the Table in Amazement? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at these stories and, uh, and what they do and what, um, what techniques are used in them. So you mean like literary techniques? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, cool. So, what, what are some that do that? What are some? Um, <laughs> well, the, the, Can you give the, us uh, your dissertation? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> the next three minutes. But. It's a summary. <laughs> summary. Um, but yeah, the way the stories are written, then um, they're, they're written as if a storyteller is telling them. Um, but this is a bit of a fiction. Um, so, it's oh. interesting the way he uses the voice of the storyteller and the, okay. the, voice of, um, the voice of the writer and the way they kind of interact with each other. So what what was like the the period he was writing in? I mean, was was he reacting to anything in particular, or like what was the what was his scene? Uh, he, I'm he, saying he, but is, was it just one? Was one yes, it, it's yeah. a he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he lived right at the end of the Ming Dynasty, um, and he was killed in uh, a peasant rebellion, right, uh, just the, a year before the dynasty finally collapsed. Oh wow! Um, so he sort of lived in a time of dynastic decline. Okay. So he was quite interested in everyone um, staying to their place, not having ideas above their station. <laughs> and then he bit the dust. Yes. So what was his, what was his name? His name was uh, Ling Mengchu. Ling Mengchu. Yeah. Okay. So would he? I mean, was he like a scholar dude, or was he just uh, just like just any? Or was he official, or was it? Um, he was. He spent most of his life trying to take the examinations to become an official, but didn't actually succeed until oh. well into his middle age. Okay. Um, so he spent. Did he, did he have money and stuff? Yeah, he had money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, but he spent most of his life doing publishing and editing of books, mm. and then obviously writing his own stuff as well. But he was all. He was uh, forever getting. Forever being disappointed in his uh, examination attempts, mm. <laughs> but yeah, so he was um, basically a frustrated, frustrated scholar, but um, mm -hmm. um, also a publisher, and he wrote drama, drama and songs as well as as well as fiction, which is his fiction is what I'm looking at. Um, okay, okay. And in his in his younger days, he enjoyed enjoyed the company of women and wine. And spent a lot of time in uh, in Nanjing in the pleasure quarters there. Ah, okay. Where, so where did he end up? Um, he lived in he lived in the south of in the south of China. Um, okay. Near Taihu. Oh, like Suzhou kind. Of? Yeah, but, uh, across across the lake from Suzhou, in a, in a smaller town called Huzhou. <laughs> a smaller rhyming town. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they all, it was a little known fact that all towns at the time had to rhyme. <laughs> Government mandate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so how, I mean, how would you end up choosing something like that? I mean, I assume you started doing history or literature um, or sciences. Sort of by, kind of, almost by accident. I okay. Um, I started off um, 
we, we, I did a, I did a master's in Chinese translation, um, and in the course of that master's, I came across this these these stories, um, and then just tried to, decided to translate one of them for my sort of final translation project sort of thing, um, which I did, and then after doing that, I found I was still interested in the stories and wanted mm. to sort of um, sort of go into more depth with yeah. finding out about them. So digging. Uh, yeah, put For in an application. Seven years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so, wait, how long have you been doing your PhD now? This is my third year now. Um, oh, okay. I was imagining like nine, no, like 13 no, no, years no, no. of like this. They've, uh, they've stopped all that, um, at least at my university. You have oh, to, okay. You have okay. To Once you start, you've got to finish within four years or you're, or you're out in your year. Oh, okay. So that it kind of lights a fire under your ass to just get it yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Does that mean that some of the PhDs are not as deep anymore? Um, I think they wanted to sort of avoid. I think that there's quite a lot of um, students. I think at my university who've been doing PhDs for 10, 20 years or something without Holy. ever actually getting around to sort of putting it to putting it to an examination. So I think they wanted to, yeah, just sort of make sure there was more of a more of an, an incentive to kind of. Get finished. Just get it done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's think. Someone else pay for you for the next thing you do yeah. for the next 20 years, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're kind of like the eternal student person. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Which is it's kind of nice because it means the, the, the university has kind of collected a, an assortment of interesting characters. Right, I bet. Um, over the years, but obviously, I think that maybe the management isn't so isn't so keen on it. Well, I've been noticing some of the history books I've been reading in the in the um, preface or the introduction or whatever it'll start saying like uh, there's been a lot of over specialized, uh, very interesting work, but it's so specific it doesn't actually. Uh, get the whole general picture so then mm. they're portraying they're like going through all that stuff and then creating a general picture about from all these mm. you know dissertations and works that were about super specialized things mm. um, do you find that's happening um, um, not that, not that I've, not I've noticed so much um, I mean it's probably the, just the, the field that I'm in mm -hmm. um, there tends to be there, there's quite a lot of um very good overviews of um, Ming literature and kind of okay. pre-modern okay. Chinese literature more generally. Um, yeah, but there are still sort of um, there are still many kind of pockets within within like Ming literature, Qing literature that are um, not very well studied. Really? Mm, yeah. Because there's, like there's, there's, there's plenty so, of time. To there's plenty of time, but the, the the thing is, there's just so much of it that um, it's. Uh, yeah, where, a lot of it has only sort of fairly recently been catalogued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where where is all this stuff? I mean, where are, where are these? Just everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. But um, a lot of them um, were lost. Um, people didn't know they like the, the books themselves still existed in private collections and stuff, but because it wasn't catalogued then. Um, mm people didn't know that they still existed if you see what I mean. Um, yeah, because they were until, hidden in somebody's closet or whatever. So. Yeah, until fairly recently, I mean, like early 20th century. And then Interesting. Obviously in China with the um, political problems, 
yeah. in the 20th century, then that kind of set back a lot of um, work in Chinese studies. Sure. China given you, I mean, in terms of like your, your studies and so forth that you couldn't have gotten in, like just in London, uh, I mean, aside from, you know, speaking yeah. Chinese and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mostly um, probably time and space, because uh, in London, then um, I, I, I have a grant to come to China, but I don't have, a, um, don't have any grant when I'm back in the UK, so I find myself uh-huh. working a lot of the time to um, pay the rent, Right. Um, whereas in China, I don't have to do that. Um, Interesting. I sort of spend all my time. Research rather than just half of it. Yeah, I tend to not think of myself as having lots of space here. Mm. I mean, space, space, <laughs> space in a non, in a non, very non-literal sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, what kind of jobs were you doing? Back? Um, translation. Translation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we talked about. Uh, did you ever um, do translation here while you're I mean, um, for money, as opposed to like just? No, I, I. Tried to avoid um, doing doing translation jobs when I was out here. Um, there was a couple jobs. There were a couple jobs I got offered that were um, kind of 
very well paid and very simple. So I did that. Oh, okay. but the rest of them, I, I sort of said I was busy. Busy. Yeah. Focused. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I totally noticed. Like when I when we hang out, it's like once, and then I don't see you again for two weeks or like mm. three weeks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. yeah. Like, You've been in your room the whole time, yeah. ordering food. What was that website? Uh, Ulama. Ulama. <laughs> yeah. It means you never need to never need to leave the house. Yeah. Um, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, there's um, yeah. The, the the thing with the thing with um, like writing and, and researching is you, you read so much and then you find out there's even more that you don't know and even uh, more to read. So okay. everything, yeah, it, the the task gets longer and longer as it as it goes on. And the, the, days I, turn into weeks without your reason I told without you, really I, realizing I really wanted to do a um, some kind like a, a it's kind of a higher level degree program at some point um, and then I started thinking about the idea of being in a, like a room writing for extended <laughs> periods of time and I could, like uh, I don't know I just could, I couldn't I guess Maybe, maybe I feel like I think I maybe this is why Beijing is a good fit sometimes mm. it's like you just want to run around and go do go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing how do you keep yourself fo focused on mm. that one thing for so long well it's I, I, it might be it might be one it might be one thing but actually when you get sort of when you sort of zoom in a bit then there's lots of different there's like different parts different chapters mm. um, so there's yeah there is, there is some some variety in within okay uh, within the, the PhD writing itself yeah um, if I think if you I think it's too big to think of as one as one task otherwise I'd never that's a good point yeah, yeah. I tend to think of it as like one you're just asking one question and thinking about that over and over and over again on repeat like a cycle <laughs> <laughs> The washing machine that never turns off. <laughs> but you went, you went to, you went to India too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not been, I've not been in my room all the time. I, I managed <laughs> to, I got in um, a, a good couple trips to, a few, a few trips actually. I went to, went to Xinjiang in, in um, That's the right. autumn. Yeah, and, and you, then, ca you came back with the the hostar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely, um, lovely Uyghur instrument um, that I picked up over there after after seeing Kirk's. I've just seen your <laughs> I, I thought I thought I absolutely had to have one. Yours is way nicer than mine, though. That was, and and kudos for thinking of getting all those fine tuners in the bottom, like <laughs> from from the violin guy. That was awesome. Mm. I gotta mm. I gotta do update mine so it works. Mm. Having all those uh, strings is not easy. No, no, no. It's a real pain to tune. Um, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very very much a pain. So you went to you went to Xinjiang. You went to so went to India around Christmas, and then I, I've also um, well, I sneaked in a wee trip to Korea to to get a new visa as well. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, How was Korea? Korea was Seoul, Seoul yeah. and uh, Busan. Oh, and Busan. Yeah, okay. I, it's three cities: Seoul, Gyeongju, and Busan. It was, it was very nice. Nice. Very That's a very nice visa trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, uh, it was a very pleasant week. Um, it was rather cold, but. Uh, yeah. Um, still very pretty. I was in uh, Busan in the beginning of October for my friend's wedding. Mm. Um, he married a really awesome Korean girl, mm. and then they had right like you know that beach, basically. Mm. Busan? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
one of those buildings, the tall buildings, had their wedding reception there. Oh, amazing. Um, so you could just, like, look out across mm. the beach into the, like, the sea, the dark sea, and the mountains, <laughs> like, oh. Oh, fantastic. Super, super beautiful. Um, yeah, it's a really spectacular, spectacular place to have a city. Yourself, yeah, right? With right? the mountains and the sea, like, right, squished up against each other. Yeah. Mm. Kind of, like, you found the exact little narrow wedge that you could actually have. Yeah. Human life. <laughs> so then you went to um, Yunnan. Yes, yes, yes. Where I'm I just, saw you recently. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, I bear witness to the fact that you actually went to that place. Yeah, yeah. Had wonderful, um, wonderful uh, couple of weeks just back from back from being in Yunnan, which is really amazing. Like, mm -hmm. Such a lovely, lovely change from Beijing with all the sunshine and warmth and um, <laughs> lack of pollution. Yeah, right, um, right. But yeah. And your mom made a for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, uh, she hasn't been to, hadn't, hadn't been to China before, before, mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. So I took her around Yunnan. She really enjoyed it. Awesome. We had a great time. Um, where did you guys go? You went to, you definitely went to Dali, which is where I saw went you. Went to Dali. You went to Lijiang, um, the the so-called Shangri-La. We went to as well. Um, so-called. So <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> well, they, 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 they decided it was. They decided this town was um, the the original Shangri-La, um, like ten or fifteen years ago, and oh, renamed right. it. Um, what what did it used my, to be called? Uh, like Zhongdian. Right, 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 right. So yeah. the actual Shangri-La is not real. No. It's made up by a British author. Yeah, who had never actually been to China or, or <laughs> Tibet or any of these places. Um, there you but, go. Um, yeah. So, um, it's a tourism bureau. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasant enough place. And we also we went further, further up, actually, um, almost almost to the border between Yunnan and Tibet, to a place called uh, Doqing. Oh, Doqing. Um, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Like, incredible um, snowy mountains and um, in amazing um, Tibetan culture. That's awesome. Up there. Um, yeah, that was really fantastic. Um... I was just meeting with a really awesome ethnomusicologist named uh, Wei Xiaoshi, mm -hmm. uh, who has all these just kick-ass recordings of stuff from Dutching. Really? Yeah, like, and um, and he he he's, he mostly works in with like out in Xinjiang recording stuff, and his mm -hmm. interest is in like sort of like Western very musical traditions like Dutching and mm -hmm. uh, and various Uyghur places, mm -hmm. Uyghur musics, um, but. Uh, the stuff from there is really cool. Mm, uh, I'd love to hear some. But yeah, the, um, really, really cool music. Some of the stuff is kind of, I mean, like he's an ethnomusicologist, so he records kind of a lot of different things because it's all kind of connects. Mm. And he sort of, in his collections, he includes um, songs that are, Maybe you know, like pop versions of the songs mm -hmm, that came mm -hmm. out, you know, like fifteen years ago. Or something oh, okay. Because like that. um, that's part of the development of the song, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's mm. how was so? How was the food there? Uh, the food was generally good. Um, <laughs> my mother did not did not particularly like the the yak butter tea. Oh, um, okay. But I, I I quite enjoyed it. Actually. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind very, of hit or miss, isn't it? That's it's, it's very comforting, I think. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. It's very rich, salty, tasty, salty. Yeah, I, re I love that stuff. But we had nice. Um, we enjoyed the barley barley cakes. 
Uh, they grow a lot of barley, barley up there. So that sounds really good. They make it into all sorts of things, <laughs> cakes and beer. Yeah, but well, not much fruit actually. It's, it's too 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 high up for fruits, so we kind of went, <laughs> went for long periods of time without any vitamins. I think. Yeah. It's good to get some some roughage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, when I was in Dali, basically, it was just eating pretty fresh vegetables pretty mm. much all the time. And the uh, the place I was staying at Chris's mm-hmm. courtyard place, which was an 80 year old courtyard but has some things fixed up like the kitchen and the the bathroom mm-hmm. and stuff but the, basically the the stuff the people living there are pretty much all uh, vegetarians mm, okay. so I was just eating veg the whole time mm. and I um, I'm not like a I'm not a vegetarian but I'm also not like an intense meat vegetarian mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which I, I used to be I mean like when I was younger I was like yeah meat you know <laughs> I'm gonna eat a bunch of meat. <laughs> I guess because my dad, you know, it's like mm-hmm. really like steak. It's like he'll, when I go home now, he's like, he'll just cook a steak and we'll just eat the steak, and then maybe have some. He'll he'll have some vegetables and be like, these are for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, but yeah, so we we're basically just eating veg the whole time, and uh, the, I was amazed by how good everything was. Mm, everything yeah. was just. Fresh it's so fresh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious. Mm. Yeah, there's not a huge distance from field to field to place. <laughs> right, yeah, it's like, it's just, I mean, they're staying in that village, right? Yeah. Up there, is it Yinchao? Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just, they got their farms right there, they just bring it over and they sell it to you. It's covered in dirt and you wash it and yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, and there is some of that here, a little bit. Hmm, yeah. Maybe less. Maybe less, yeah. Less, less. less covered in dirt and less more <laughs> covered in PM 2.5. <laughs> PM dust. Mm, tasty. They've got some co-ops kind of like that have some places on the edges of the city that mm. that you can like pay a certain amount a month and then each week they'll bring you like a crate. Oh, that's not a crate, like a like a big Tupperware bin of, of oh, yeah. fresh vegetables. But it's seasonal, so like mm. some seasons you just get a whole lot of cabbage and then mm, like other cabbage. seasons you get much more interesting things right 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 <laughs> and it's like that's a lot of cabbage what am I going to do with all this cabbage <laughs> that's fine I'm going to keep going with it <laughs> really good though those things you end up eating yeah. just better and then you're trying to cook yeah, I'm sure. more often yeah because mm-hmm. you just can't eat it all piles up yeah 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 I suppose it's good to be more seasonal seasonal in what we eat is it though? Mm, maybe. But, <laughs> I, no, I've, I'm. Well, why is that? Do you think? Mm, now you mention it, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. I there's got to be something about like the seasons and the vitamins we need, and maybe like the the ones that are already there with those vitamins are the ones that we need, and that during that season, and the ones that don't naturally grow, aren't giving us stuff we actually need. Mm. Something like that. Something like that. I feel like this tune like represents all of the old time music we've played over the last six months. It inevitably comes up. Yeah. yeah like yeah, playing yeah. with the honky tonk demons. Which yep. is awesome. Like playing with 
just a jam in the living room with Parker yeah and stuff also with Parker and Marco oh yeah forgot about that show yeah that was sweet yeah Thanks to Ewan McDonald for joining this episode of the podcast. Best of luck to him in his doctoral candidacy. Don't forget to check out BeijingPickers.com for news about upcoming jams and community dances. I myself am heading to the Mike Block String Camp in a couple weeks in Vero Beach, Florida, which means the next time I post, I'll be back home hanging out with my dad. Looking forward to the camp and using what I learned there to help run our own Compass World Arts World Music Camp in August. For more details, check out compassworldarts.com. I'll leave you now with Ewan playing Julianne Johnson, awesome old-time fiddle tune, which basically uh, is about as sticky as it gets. Till next time, happy picking.
Ewan, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Next time, we'll be in London. Yes. Or Beijing. Right. Or Florida. Or Florida, mm. which could be actually super nice. Thank you.